Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The streak is over. The streak is over. This honestly must feel like what it is to win the Stanley Cup. Let's talk about it all on episode 103 of Orange and Back Check. What the hell? This is the Orange and Back Check podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Oh, man. It, like I said, it is episode 103 of Orange and Back Check. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Give us a five stars on Spotify now. You can now review us on Spotify. It's incredible. Uh, a guy who I don't. I'm going to guess is not on the Wordle craze. He's not on it. It's Scott Weinhardt. What's going on, brother? Oh, you would be wrong, actually. I oh, am good. On the Wordle craze. I don't play it every day. Oh, but see, I, I do. do. Play. Yeah, I haven't gotten around to playing it every day, but I'm 100% so far. I think I've done it eight times. I've gotten every, I got it every time. So, okay. I think I've I just done it every th- other day. Okay. Did you get the, did you get the word today? We won't spoil no, it. No, no, don't tell me the word today or even say it because what's going to wind up happening is that while we're doing this podcast and be like, I want to do Wordle. So I should right. go do a Wordle. And then I'm going to be thinking about it the whole time. And then this podcast isn't going to be that good because <laughs> I'll be thinking of Wordle. I've done. And then eight- I'll be like, oh, Eureka. I Here's the word today. And right. my dumbass will give it out for, you know, people more. Uh, so I've done 18 of them and I've only missed one. I'm currently really? on 11 game, 11 word word streak. That's awesome. Yeah. So, let me check my stats. It's addictive. It's addictive. That's it for is. Sure. It is. That's uh, it. And just, it honestly, it's a great fine. way to pass the time trying to watch the Flyers, even when they win against the, the Los Angeles Kings like they did in overtime on Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, but the big the big thing was that this team had a. Surprise press conference, not a surprise in the, the sense that Chuck Fletcher was going to speak, but who was next to him? Okay. Governor slash CEO, whatever you want to call him, uh, Dave Scott, who has been ridiculed mercilessly, m- m- mercilessly. I don't even know what the word is. Mercilessly. Mercilessly. <laughs> <laughs> you want to try that one more time? No, I don't. I don't want to try okay. that one more time. Uh, go, go. Uh, anyway, like I, 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 I was... You know, for all the slack that he's gotten on Twitter and and just publicly in the media and all that credit, I will give Dave Scott a lot of credit for sitting in there unannounced, not telling the media that he was going to be a part of this uh, in the midst of a at the time, a 13 game losing streak. Um, And just one of those things where I didn't like all of his answers. I didn't like a majority of his answers. I don't I didn't like a majority of Fletcher's answers. So uh, at least. At least he had the stones to stand up there and say, give, give it all your will. And credit to COC and, and all, really all of the media. I thought they did a great job holding this guy to the, fl- to the fl- feet to the flames uh, about the, both guys. So what, were, what was the big takeaway that you had on this, on, 
I guess that was Wednesday's 11 a.m. morning uh, press presser with the media. I will say this: um, a wordle that would be used for this is S U C K S, and that and that's that's what it that's what that's what they are. They they suck right now, and yeah, the the press conference didn't make things any easier. Yes, you they're looking for a way to get a win, but. And unfortunately, I would like to see them break the streak for longest losses in a row. And it's not because I want to root against them. It's because it's like, whoa, like what else can what else can go wrong this season? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're looking for just, something. You're looking for something yeah, to oddly like, cheer for. Well, that's I don't want to cheer for them losing. And that's and that's my point. But I'm saying is that because what else could go wrong? I just it, this this season has been a literally it's been circling the toilet for a long time. And pretty soon it's going under. Yeah. And, this is what that press conference was, was just an absolute nightmare. It was supposed to be a state of the union, essentially, for the team or state of the team address. Yeah. And, you know, even Mowgli didn't even like it. It sounds like yeah, the I apologize there. if you can hear Mowgli in the background. He's <laughs> apparently going nuts. But, you know, with with this, I, I look, I agree with you that it took stones for Dave Scott to go up there. But. I also thought at the same time it was unnecessary. I think that it added more questions than it did answers at this point. And I think that for a franchise that is already teetering and losing a lot of fans, hardcore fans, people who've been around the team a long time, that probably was the icing on the cake for a lot of people because I think more people took it as a slap in the face than what Dave Scott intended to. So that's why I'm saying I I think it completely backfired. Yeah, especially, I mean, the biggest question that I saw or heard that I took away from that was the question, and I forgive me, I don't know who it was. It might have been COC because, like I said, I thought he was on fire with the questions. Um, he asked Dave, someone asked Dave Scott directly, there is a, you can debate the number, but there is a faction of the fan base that believes there is a complete disconnect between the franchise and fans ever since the passing of Ed Snyder. Do you agree with that sentiment and how do you plan on fixing it? I thought it was a great question. The problem is Dave Scott's answer was focused on how they feel internally between the front office and the brass like himself and Valerie and all that. Like that is they, you, you, you didn't realize it at the time, Dave, but you answered the question that, yes, there is clearly a disconnect between our fan base Correct. and our franchise. And we Correct. don't know how to fix it because we want to do uh, the natitude bullshit that they brought up, that Valerie brought up from from Washington in her time in the Nationals. And she's and now we're trying to push it onto this Flyers fan base that is honestly is what every hardcore Northeast fan is about the product on the ice or the field or the, uh, or, or the whatever on, or on the field and not about what the promotional is. We'll buy into the promotional. We will, but right. we will only buy into it. If the product on the ice or the field or the pitch or whatever it is, is legitimately contending or at least being competitive. And that's not the Philadelphia Flyers. For, so for Dave Scott to like f- say that there's not, we don't feel like there's a disconnect and we don't feel like that, 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 that discord is there between the fans and, and the franchise internally. That's your, that, it, that you answered your problem right then and there. And I don't think he realized it. And that, that's a huge, huge takeaway that I had from, from, from Wednesday's presser. Yeah, and if he if he thinks that I don't know what kind of drugs he's thinking, if they think they're doing a good job internally, but yeah. with all due respect, look how many fans were there when we were at the game a few weeks ago against the Rangers. Yep. That that those seats were blue. They were and not even they, they, were, were they were all, all blue. Rangers fans. Yep. 
And then it was even worse when I went on, I guess that was a Thursday night when I saw them play against Columbus and they lost, and obviously they lost again. I think it was 11 or 12 game losing streak at that point. I mean, it, it was even worse because that's a weekday. Right. It's not like on a Saturday night, like you right. and I went to like right. a weekday game is even worse. Yeah. And, uh, and they're just and, empty seats at that point. Yeah. Like, look, Saturday against the Kings, when they ironically broke the streak, they probably had the lowest attendance, but it wasn't it was a combined thing. It was obviously because of the poor product on the ice, but it was also the bad storm that was it. And you make an excuse in that because you're a winter sport. You're just like basketball. You're a little bit of football and obviously hockey. When you have these winter sports in the, in the, in Northeast Pennsylvania or Northeast anywhere, I mean, uh, in the United States, you're going to deal with snowstorms once a year, twice a year at most, hopefully. And it really hurts your fan, the right. fan attendance. Right. But when you combine that with what has been on the ice and at the time you were going through a 14 game losing streak, potentially, thankfully you didn't lose, but it, it, it's, it's just a, it's just a sad state of affairs. And we've said that over and over again, it feels like since episode 97 uh, of this, of this show. And it's like, it doesn't it, it, look, we're 40 at the time we were 41 games into the losing streak. This, this stuff happens between Fletcher and the media. I think it's like every 20 games or so uh, on a state of the team. Like here's how we are this quarter, this quarter, this so on, so on and so forth. But when you're dealing with a, 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 a 13 game losing streak at the time, you're completely out of it. It just, it just felt like you can't buy into anything they're, that they're saying between Fletcher and Scott, who said directly to Fletcher's face, yeah, Fletcher's my, uh, Dave, or, uh, Chuck is my guy for right now. Like, oh, wait, wait, for, right, for now. Right now, yeah. That, yeah, like, obviously, like, but I don't, I don't, anything that they said or didn't say, I don't know what to believe. Like, I don't believe that they truly think that they have a core. They, they think they have a young core. They think they can get it fixed. They, they think that it doesn't have to be a three, four or five year rebuild. By the way, that's actually, I've said that like you in today's NHL, it doesn't take you three, four or five years to make a, a contending team. The problem is the people in, in, that are in charge of rebuilding it uh, aren't trustworthy, especially after that presser on Wednesday. I, I don't, I don't trust a word that they said. Well, I mean, I don't have a problem with what Chuck Fletcher said. I think from a hockey standpoint, I think that he's on point is that they have some good things there. They have some options, but I don't know where the organization wants to go after this. I mean, do they want to give Chuck Fletcher the opportunity to rebuild? If you ask me, I'd say yes. I mean, you know, they're talking about how they expanded their uh, their scouting department, their analytical department, which I don't fully agree with. But yeah, I but, I, oh, but, but now you're okay with that? All of a sudden, no, 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 we're, no, no, no. we're I'm not. Okay. I'm not. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not okay. I'm saying, that's why I say I don't agree with expanding that. But I'm saying is that I – I don't think we've seen enough from Chuck Fletcher of him being able to build the team. I think that a lot of what we're seeing here is a byproduct of the Hexel years. I just I, don't think that it's, he's had enough time. I mean, I, really, but, when but, you think but, about but it. Let's, I'm not just talking about his time here in Philly. I'm talking about his, his career as an NHL general manager, or just an executive in the, in the NHL. Look, yeah, I mean, he's been he's been around the block enough. He's we he was at he was at he was in Minnesota enough and gave put a competitive team on the ice. They weren't they weren't world beaters by any chance, but they were competitive enough throughout the years. Draft drafting is a question mark for him, absolutely. But drafting 
is always a question mark. There's very few teams that hit 100% on their drafts or even like more than like 50%. Think about it. I mean, these are 18-year-old kids coming out that people don't realize that sometimes they don't have enough talent. Sometimes they just don't they don't, they don't develop. I mean, yeah. we can say the same for Travis Konechny. And we don't yep. de- think he's developed to where he needs to be. Ivan Provorov is in the same boat. So can you really blame Fletcher for that? No, but I well, think Well, no, because he didn't make those picks. Exactly. That's my point. That's exactly my point. So, so, so I don't have a problem with Chuck Fletcher giving the opportunity to do that. I've got the problem with the way they run the business side. Yeah, I don't think they they do the right thing, but they keep throwing gritty in people's faces. They don't market the players nearly enough. They don't do enough to get fans interested in the game. They don't do nearly enough with the alumni. They don't do nearly enough to get the fan in there because they want it to be like the Sixers where people come in and out each night. And I'll tell you this, too. What really pissed me off was the whole COVID excuse because you know what? Yeah. The Sixers are in the same boat, and they're yep. selling out each night. So I don't want to hear about COVID. I don't want to hear about it. People will come to the games if you have a decent product or if they actually care about the organization. No, you're right. I, I think that's what caught a lot of that pissed off a lot of people like you and I, because I, I that's I heard that. And I was like, come on, dude, you can't you can't, like the, the disc again, the disconnect that they have between what is happening and what is not is sad. And they just have this fiction in their head of what is really driving the discourse in this in this on this franchise and to say that covid is one of the excuses now i I, scott did say that it is performance based as well but the fact that he threw covid in there completely distracted everyone from that excuse of performance which is the real reason of why no one's coming to this to these games but for him to also try and uh mitigate it by saying oh well we also have the issues of covid and the vaccine mandate like come on dude that's not an excuse like you said scott the 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 sixers are selling out the game night in and night out because they have a good product on their court underneath uh, above the ice that is they market their players very well joel Embiid is one of the best marketed players in this city in years yep and they, the Flyers don't do nearly enough of that. And Anthony talked about that a couple weeks ago when we spoke with him, and it's the truth. Like, And I've always had a problem with the way the NHL markets its players. I don't think they do nearly enough of what they can do. You had letting a guy like Connor McDavid, I know I say his name a lot, rot in Edmonton, and you know nobody knows about it. They don't have good. They have good guys in this conference. They don't nearly market those guys enough. And I think it's more that's part of a league problem. But also at the same time, the Flyers don't help their cause because back in the day they would market their players all the time. They'd market Carter. They'd market Richards. They marketed Brzezgalov. They marketed you know like um what's called even before that Simone Gagne, Jeremy Roenick, yeah. Eric Lindros, I mean, Keith look, Primo, all these guys. I mean, look what happens. Look what happens when you attend a game. The first thing you see in the jumbotron in the in the part of the player introduction that leading up to them is gritty you see gritty gritty walking away or walking through the dressing room and all that crap behind the scenes of the into the tunnels of wells fargo center and then it pans out and it does some pretty cool graphics like i'll give them that they paid a they obviously paid a digital uh, a graphic designs company and and video design company very good money for that promotional it's very cool uh with the outline of the city and going through broad street but then you don't get to a player's face until like 10 minutes in and yeah. 15 yeah. minutes in. And I think it might be Keith Yandel. Like, think about this. Keith Yandel is on just broke the key. The uh, I almost said the Keith Yandel streak. The, 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 it is his streak, but it is, yeah, the, it is now. He just broke the Iron Man streak for 956. No, 965, whatever it was uh, like. That was the most marketed that we've seen out of one player. It seems for the entire organization in the last two or three years. Like right. there's no one, they don't even want to market their best captain 
or one of their best captains in, in franchise history in Claude Giroux because he's on a contract here and they know what the writing on the wall is for this because despite what Fletcher said that it's it's up to Claude Giroux and he's right, it is, and he had that no discussion has been made. A lot of time between now and March 21st when that trade deadline happens. Like this is only this is not going to get any better. They're not no. going to make some miracle no. run. Like no. this is it. Like you're waiting for the moment when Claude Giroux is going to walk into Fletcher's office and we hear the reports from our the beat writers that we've connected with or, and that we follow. And it's like Claude Giroux today asked for uh, showed his list of seven teams or eight teams of who he's willing to waive his no move clause to, and and Fletcher's now making calls to get it done. That's the moment. That's the report we're waiting for. Like it's yep. not. And that's why it seems like they've decided we're not marketing these players. And it's really sad that it's come to that point. Cause I don't get it. And it's a wasted opportunity because now you have an opportunity to brand them for the future for next season to get people excited about, Hey, this is how good this player can be. Like, this is what this player has done. You know, market, like Anthony said, their personalities, like, you know, some of the shenanigans that go on in a hockey locker room are actually pretty humorous. And yes, some of the tricks they play in each other. And I don't think the flyers do enough. And when they do, they only really put it out like some things, like some clips on social media here and there, there there's no in-depth stuff. There's nothing there. They to really did do the connection. I don't know if it was the game you and I were at or if it was the game that I was at against Columbus. They did do a thing where it was like have pronounced local uh, towns and phrases in, in the in oh, the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. I've seen and they that. tried I've saying Schuylkill. They tried to yeah, they did the beginning of the season. They yeah, and the beginning it, of the it is. And that's the problem. Like, it, it's a thing that we saw in the very beginning of the season, I think probably yeah. in September or October. Yeah. And then they played it at the Wells Fargo Center, which credits them. It is a it is a funny content. But you also need to refresh it every once in a while. And it's, it, right. I mean, if we're talking about something that in January and we, it was first seen in, in August or excuse me, October or September, something's got it. You got to freshen something up and they don't feel like it seems like they just have no interest in doing so. Well, do funny little bits. I mean, they used to do that all the time or, you know, like they back in the day, like really like they used to have like where they have like before, even before the game start, like 60 minutes before they come out and do warmups, like they are whatever they'd have things playing on the jumbo trying of like, you know, get a tour of like flyers houses or whatever, or just go on the road with them and talk about like the things, how they stories, but how they go on the road. They had all this production content yeah. and everything flight like that. To, yeah. Flight plan's a great example. They had all this stuff beforehand. And then, you know, like some of the interests were really centered around the players and probably one of the best they ever did actually, from my opinion, is the 300 one they did in the 0708 season. I know I'm talking years ago, but it was really cool because instead of using Spartans, they used the flyers and, and built like a 300, like that movie 300, that intro yeah. they had from it. It was amazing. And I'm like, that's exactly what you see. That gets people jacked up. You're marking, you're pulling all around your players and the action instead of them fighting is them scoring goals. And, I don't think that they do this anymore. And, and I think that that's the problem I have with the business side and, and what Dave Scott says, because if he's saying internally, we feel like we're doing well, well, I'm telling you as a dissatisfied customer that you're not doing a good job and yeah. you know, I give him credit. He says, we can get better. Well, can you, are you, the question is, yes, you can get better, but are you going to get better and how are you going to get better? And are you going to listen to people? And is it really going to be hurting them in the pockets to the point where they want to do that? Now we've, We've gotten confirmation they're not going to sell. It's going to be Comcast Spectacore as they have yep. for the past 20-something years. But you know what? Th this this franchise has not been the same, not just since when N. Snyder died, but also when Peter Luco left as well. So that, that's, that's a been, great that, point. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's been another problem because, you know, people had their problems with Luco, but Snyder was still there and they still ran the franchise based upon the thing. Peter Luco, Peter Luco at least was surrounded not just by the business, at, business side of, of hockey, but, I mean, he was around 
hockey. He was around yeah. the game of hockey. His Correct. son uh, went to Vermont. I remember because he was would, drafted by the Flyers. Yeah, exactly. And he, yep. And 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 they would get the college, the Vermont college, and usually a local team. After Penn State went D one, they would bring Penn State into the Wells Fargo Center, and they would do a matchup there. Uh, between Vermont, Peter Lugo's son, Scott. And it was just a good marketing ploy to get new fans, the college student into the Wells Fargo Center to talk to to experience the rev to, to the to the building. I mean, I don't even know if they do it anymore. They you, they did it up until I want to say like 14 or 15, maybe 16 when they played Princeton. I'm talking about Penn State hockey because they really. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're at the one of those games. And I think yeah. in 20, 2016 or 17. Yeah. So they so they leaned into that for a while. And then again, it was one of those things where they just randomly decided, you know, we, we don't see the benefit of it. Now, look, I, maybe attendance wasn't as high as they anticipated it to be because <clears throat> because Peter Lugo left. But I, I just. I just think that's one of those things that is a grassroots effort, as they say in politics. Mm-hmm. It's a grassroots effort to get new fan bases. And if you're not going to market these players like you should be on that are on your professional team, you got to do something like that. You got to change something up. Now, obviously, right. we're talking about a, a world of COVID, so events are fewer and far between her, it seems. But still, there's something to be had about that kind of stuff that is gone away and just has, it seems like it has no plans to ever coming back for the Wells Fargo Center and the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, and, and that's part of the problem, too, is you're not doing enough to draw people out. Xfinity Live isn't it anymore, man. People use that yep. as a bypass to go through the Wells Fargo Center when on a cold night. Really, that's for the most part. I mean, it gets busy in there, but, you know, it's not not what they envisioned it or whatever. But still, there's just not enough draw there. And I, I think one of the biggest problems the organization has ahead of them is that if they're going to have a poor product on the ice for the next season or two or however long it could possibly be, we don't know. What are you doing on the business end to draw people in? I, I don't know. I mean, look, we, we you and I went back and forth and we were talking about it on Saturday when I saw that the Ever Bowl was completely closed because of the weather. Yeah. I was a little surprised by that. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I, I know why they did it because, yes, the storm probably played a part in it. But I bet you 10 to 1, that t- attendance was so sparse that they didn't really have a choice but to bring everybody downstairs because then it'd be like that Buffalo game two weeks ago when you could see so many empty seats on TV. And I just think that they're going to get to that point sooner rather than later um, because the prices aren't really driving down by the flyers in the secondary market. They can get down a little bit because people yep. just want to unload the tickets and get whatever back they can for it. I, I've seen tickets. On, I've seen tickets on StubHub and SeatGeek and that kind of stuff for as little as $25 Yeah, for like and, the, the really bad seats up in the two twenties and uh, the last row. Which, which is yeah. still a lot because at the Sixers game, you can get a better seat for 25 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go sit in revolutionary row. It just, I think it's frustrating from the standpoint of that. You'll have someone pedaling out there who says that they're doing a good job and they feel like internally we're doing a good job, but you're going to be bleeding cash. And not only that, they're not doing anything to help the fans get reconnected with the team itself. And if they don't really see that that's the problem, that they're not really good at running a business in the first place. So I think that they would really have to make some changes. I, you know, it really comes down to wh- where are they going to go from here? How, how big are the changes they're going to be? Like, you know, I'm, you know, it, it's, it really, I, I don't know where they're going to go from here. It really is like a toss. Honestly, we kind of have to see where it goes in the next couple of months. Honestly, I, I, there's, I, I, I if I, you got, it, there has to be a part of Dave Scott that's just like, I'm blowing it all up. I'm firing Fletcher. I'm fly, firing Yo. I'm firing Briere. I'm firing everyone. 
honestly, the only person that actually might survive is Briere because of the, the sentimental value that he has in the Philadelphia organization. Because, he, But he's working, according to Fletcher, he's gotten closer and closer with him in terms of how to, to, to rebuild this he team. He was a finalist for the Montreal GM Exactly. Job and listen, that's no. I don't know enough about Briere to figure out, a, a, gauge him as an executive, a player turned executive in the NHL. All credit will be He's Dan probably, Briere instead of Danielle Briere, right? Like with Bobby Clark, we heard it a Bob Clark. Yes, like he's gonna <laughs> be. I, I, I have he may be good, he may be bad, but this is a scenario that we're in where it's like you can't get you can't hire the newbie, uh, as the guy to fix it in Danny Briere. He can stay as like an assistant GM to for grooming or something. I don't care, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if I trust Fletcher to be the guy to fix it. And I also, at the same time, I don't trust Dave Scott to make the necessary moves and the necessary hires to figure this thing out. And that's the, that's the pickle we're in that you're alluding to on just, they don't seem to know what they want to do in terms of figuring it out and how to go from there. And I think that that's part of going to take the rest of the season to figure it out. I mean, I, I think, I think they're, I don't think they expect this internally. I, I know that looking by the roster moves that, that Fletcher made, I, I thought he put the team in a good position on paper. It just didn't work out. They got hurt. And Scott said that. Yeah, Scott said that on paper we look good. And then they used the injury excuse. Right. Well, I don't think it's an excuse. And listen, because you're using a lot of guys from the AHL, but it's good because, look, it didn't work out. At the end of the day, this is the hand you were dealt. Cam York is going to get really good experience out here now. You got to figure out where you're going to do it. Risk the line in. Martin Jones is probably going to get traded. You can bring up Sandstrom and get him some games in. Get like you're not overworking Carter Hart and yep. not ruining his confidence. I thought Radcliffe looked okay in his first game against Los Angeles. I mean, he, yeah, he laid the body. Yeah, uh, Wade Allison hopefully is going to get healthy yeah. soon. Like you know, there and he, but he's 25, so it's not like he's a young young guy. But he could be like a depth guy he's, where you're not. He's young enough like, that he's young enough to get the yeah. experience that he, you got to throw him in. That's for sure. Yeah. And you, you know, your best player the past couple of games has been Jerry Mayhew. That's a problem. So, like, you know, guys like Travis Konechny, if, it, if I'm looking at this with Travis Konechny, I'm more willing to trade Travis Konechny at the oh, absolutely. more than anything else. There's no one. Been, there's honestly, can you name two players not named Carter Hart that are safe? Say, you know, Kevin Hayes, because nobody's going to pick up that contract. Okay. Um, so that's one. And probably. Uh, who else have I got on the roster? Travis Sanheim probably would be a problem. Probably Scott Lawton. I would honestly, as weird as that sounds, Scott. Yeah, Lawton, why? Why? Would, like the glue guy, they want to keep him around. They would have signed another deal last year. There's no, I, I, again, but that's part of this core comment that uh, Fletcher, or excuse me, that Scott said and Fletcher said. Oh, Couturier. Couturier is another safe one. Yeah, like, but like these guys, like this, this idea that they have a new core, which I don't honestly, I don't remember who they said. I know Couturier was mentioned. Uh, it was, was Farabee, Frost. Farabee, and there's another safe one, Farabee. You're not trading Farabee. Right. Farabee, no. Couturier, Frost. I assume they said Carter. If they didn't. No, they didn't say Carter. That's interesting, but also they are probably focused on forwards and skaters. I'm not going to look too much and I into think that. It, he, I think he was spitballed, and, and that's what it is. And yes, I think some people yes, are thank you. Thank you. Somebody said it. Yeah, so I think he's spitballing. Like he's just kind of saying, I'm thinking of names and throwing it out there. I don't I think people are looking in that part way too, way too deep. Like he didn't mention Carter Hart. Is he really a part yes. of the core? Let's speculate about all that stuff. The guys at a press conference just spitting off names. Like, yep. hey, these are guys who are counting on a part of our core. Like, and you know, Carter just signed a new contract just with exactly like, like come on, be, yeah. th- you're not gonna trade away your friggin' starting goaltender. Come on, you're you're rebuilding team, you build from the back to the front. So if you're rebuilding or retooling or whatever the frig term they're gonna use this time around, yep. you know, you're not gonna trade your friggin' starting goaltender because he's gonna be 
one of these kids who's going to get going down the line. If you trade him, it's going to be another Bobrovsky situation. So you're not going to make that mistake again. Everybody needs to calm the hell down about those comments specifically and focus more on the fact that they think they're doing a good job. They're not doing a good job. And the fact that you need to start holding this organization's feet to the fire by not buying tickets and not renewing season tickets. And that's already starting to happen because as I've said plenty of times before, this organization does not see orange. They do not see black. They see green. And if they don't see green, then they're in the red. And then that's a problem. And that's exactly what you need to do. You need to get them seen from green to red. And then that's exactly what needs to happen. That's the only way that's going to get this attention. At the end of the day, they're a business and they really don't care if you, you know, and, that, and that's the problem is that as a capitalistic society, we have the ability to say, you know what? I don't want to pay for a, sh- for a shitty product. That's yep. exactly what it is. I don't want to pay if they're not taking care of things that I used to like and organization alumni and, and different things. I don't think they're doing no. I don't think this organization is deserving of my money. And that's exactly what you have to say as I sit here in a flyer shirt. But my <laughs> but, I, I mean, didn't want to so, say it. I, I know. It's, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm spitballing, but I, ha- I literally have it right at my neck. But that's my point is that the point is, is that, you know, if the organization is not doing that, I'm wearing the logo not because of Dave Scott. It's because, you know, it's it's the Flyers. I care about the organization. They are a business, but they also aren't doing enough to show the fans they care. And they're driving away because they think that they know better than the average Philadelphia fan, which I think is I think it's completely. Yeah. I mean, and, anytime- and I think those comments this week say a lot about Dave Scott and how he how he practiced processes everything yeah I, I i think for sure no matter let's say that they do keep chuck fletcher and they they decide to make all these moves and whatnot it, i don't think it's chuck fletcher fully making the moves i think it's scott pushing the the hand of, of fletcher to make certain moves not everything but fletcher despite the i'm giving him a blank check to expand the scouting department to expand the analytic department to to sign the players that need to get to get this team right there's part of me that just thinks Dave Scott will be, have a voice in the room. And for a guy that barely knows uh, anything outside of a puck and a stick to running a franchise, that scares the hell out of me. That's for sure. I, look, I think that, and there, there was a, there was an interesting thing brought up and on, on snow and the goalie last week that I thought was really interesting is that bringing in a guy like, okay, like, you know, one of my, one of my favorite GMs in the league is Brian Burke, but he's not a GM. He is a, He's president of have um, a president of operate hockey operations or whatever it is. Yeah. So and and, and Hexall is the GM underneath him. The Sixers have the same thing with Daryl Morey. You know, he, he's like the president of the organization, and Elton Brand is the GM. So think of the GM as the more transactional guy. Now you have uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Chuck Fletcher, who's already like basically like the president of like you know of hockey operations. They're talking about there's been there's apparently been things kicked around where they're talking about bringing someone above him to kind of run both things a little bit. Dave Scott still oversees the business aspect and stuff, yep. but to have somebody kind of direct them and point them in the right direction. If you ask me, it's way too inflated at the top, but it seems like that Brian Burke's big thing of why he jumped from team to team, why he went from like Anaheim to like Calgary. When I was in Calgary a few years, Calgary, it's because he was moving the business side of it. And also grooming the general manager at the same time. And when he thought that uh, Bradshaw Living was ready, then you move on. And that's exactly what Brian Burke did. And now he's doing the same thing in Pittsburgh, where he's adjusting the business side of things and kind of grooming Hextall a little more on where to go in hockey apps. And, and Pittsburgh's played off this year. They're playing really well. They just resigned Jeff Carter, who's going to be there. And I, you know, they're they look better than what people think. So that's the key is that 
that, that's been talked about what could be in this organization. I, I don't know from perspective. I, I'm not going to, I don't have an opinion if that's the right move or not, but it seems like to me is that th- this, this fan base, this fan base is not going to be satisfied with anything until Dave Scott is kind of removed from the picture. And yeah. I or think like he just or needs... at least insulated from exactly. making hockey related decisions. Yep. And exactly what I was going to say. If he's reporting directly, if Fletcher's reporting directly to him, he's got to answer to him. That's a problem because yeah. I think you need a buffer between Fletcher and Dave Scott. So you really separate the green from the hockey side. And I really think that that needs to happen to someone to kind of marry both sides of this thing. And I think that, that, that that's something that possibly could be fixed. But who's out there to do that? Who do you, who do you bring in to do that? We, we don't know. Knowing this organization, the way they retread, they'll probably bring someone inside the organization. But is that going to get the fan base going and, 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 and ready to go again? I'll, I'll give you I, the I name the right that they're going to do. I'll give you the name right now that they're going to do. Who? Paul Holmgren. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know if he would want to go, step back into that role because now he's kind of just off to the side, just kind of a, a honorary. I don't want to call it an honorary. That's yeah. He was bit. he was he was on the business side for a while. And he left that role. That's the thing, and people don't remember after he after he got promoted after they promoted Hexel to GM. He yeah. stepped into that president role, and then he and then he left. He was he was done. Like it's not that's not his forte. I just don't know. If it's it, it, there, if there's a clear cut answer, and I think that that's what they're going to figure out until the end of the season. Like, where's where do we go from here? How do we figure this yeah. whole thing out? Like, I think that that we're after this after this press conference last week, it led a lot more questions and answers. And I think the organization has to give itself a hard look in the mirror and say, okay, we're going to lose a lot of people here. They're not buying it, and and they have to be if if they don't believe that, then they're naive. And I they have to say they have to. They just. They have to, for a business perspective, they, they have to, it would not make sense to me if they don't see how unhappy their fans are. Just, you could tell by how many empty seats. So the, something needs to change and they need to figure it out. And they need to take the rest of the season to do that because you're not going anywhere on the ice, but it gives you an opportunity to kind of reset and go in next year and come up with a better strategy. And I, and I honestly think they're going to have about $15 million in cap space. They have some flexibility there. So it's not that it's impossible but they, they've got to do something to get the fan base energized. And I just don't think that what they're doing is enough and they need to figure out a plan because if they start losing the hardcore fan base of this, this city, that, I don't know how they get them back. I really don't know how. Well, they get they, really, you have to, you have to pull people, people traders. come back. I, this whole notion, especially listen, it, it, we're not talking about a, the Atlanta thrashers here. We're not talking about, um, it just any like small town, small market team. Like, yes, the, 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 it's looking dire right now, but people come back when results are good. When the Sixers became good, people came back. When the Flyers were good in 2010, people flocked to it. And when they were consistently good, people flocked to that arena and, and into that stadium night in and night out. People come back. Listen, I, I get it. I get the fear that you're losing the diehards because the organization is disconnected completely from the fan base and they are, but there's also a faction. There is a factor that can happen when you kind of separate the business and the hockey end of these things. And you let the hockey product on the ice do its job. And it's consistently good. And at least contending fans flock and everybody wins despite the toxicity of the organization business side and hockey side. The problem is, it's not very often that you see success when there is something toxic from the business side or the hockey side coinciding with something that you're trying to get right. 
and that's clear, the problem. And I see your point. I and I don't disagree, but here's the thing: this does not happen before with the Flyers organization. You're these right. Hundred percent. These, right. these are people that have been having season tickets since the Bullies days. Yep. These are people who have been it since the late '80s, the '90s, even when they went five years in a row without making the playoffs. The night that we were at the around. the night we were at the Rangers game was probably the first time I ever heard. I didn't hear someone over say I've had season tickets since 1972. I've had season tickets since 1983. I've had season tickets in the since 1967 when the first year of the Flyers. Right. Not a word of that because yeah. there's no old heads, quote unquote, no disrespect. There is no more old heads in that arena bragging about being a part of a proud franchise anymore. And, and that's, that's the problem. And, and that's exactly my point. That's exactly yep. right. And that's right. what I'm saying. How do you get those people back? You don't have Mr. Snyder pulling them back together. You don't have a, they see a greedy corporation. That's what they see. That's what these people see. That's unfortunate, but it's the truth. And I, that's what concerns me is that you have, you have alienated such a loyal fan base for years. Even when they weren't good, they were still selling out that building. For years, you have alienated yep. them because you thought you knew better by making it a hangout spot. I that that's the part that bothers me is that how do you get those people back into it? Yes, if the if the on ice results good, yes, people will come back. That's no question. But I'm talking about long term season ticket holders. I'm talking about people who have devoted their lives and given a lot of money over the course of their lifetime to this organization. I'm talking about people who have go to the carnival each year. Talking about people who go and you know what they have the little events and they're there for playoff games and they're excited to get their orange crush shirts or whatever and there and be excited to be in the arena. The people who wait all season just to see an opportunity for a playoff game and how far this team could go. Those people I'm talking about. And I think that they might be disconnected to the point where some of them are really aren't gonna come back. And I tell you what, I know a couple people like that who gave up their season ticket and say, I'm not doing it anymore. It's just yeah. it's not and think about no it point. too. And think about it too. Like even even when they made the playoffs two years ago, they were in a bubble. Like we had to deal yeah. with the the COVID. There right. hasn't been a playoff hockey game in 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 Wells Fargo for four years now, five years. Yeah, twenty seventeen. I want to say. Yeah, when they when the Capitals won. Yeah, when the Capitals yeah. won. So it's been yeah, four years. Yeah, so talking about coming up on four years since they last yeah. had a home playoff game of some capacity. And yep. sadly, was that not the same year when the bracelet incident happened when they chucked? No, all that the was 2016. That was okay. That was the year prior. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, it's just one of those things where it, it, like we've been starved for a, a home playoff game. And uh, sadly, it's not their fault, but COVID happened and you had yeah. no fans. And that's yeah. Like season ticket holders that you're talking about haven't had one in four years. Yeah. So what? Yeah. What do you do after after a while when you when that happens and the disconnect you're just you're just over it and 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 that's what it is. Hey, before we, I, I got to talk, we got to talk a little bit about the the on ice product before we get out of here. I mean, they finally ended the streak. Yeah. The, the 13 game losing streak. They they barely beat the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. I mean, yeah. decent team. They're third in the Western Conference or um. In their division, last I looked, I, I mean, it's just one of yep. those things where at least they fought. They I, that was the 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 snooze fest that has been Flyers hockey pretty much all this season. Really, did not. That was the most entertaining game from start to finish. I thought, um, and it was just one of those things where they let their confidence creep up or the their confidence 
dwindle away in that third period. It, like I thought they lost the game as soon as they gave up that goal with 37 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. Like I you, thought it was over. And I knew were, it was coming to like, yep. the whole time. Like they're going to blow it. They're going to yep. blow it. They're going to blow it. And it's like, that's where we're at, Bill. Like we're, we're at like, and you even heard like Jim Jackson at one point saying like, Oh, in a tie game. And then Keith Jones is like, well, it's not tied yet. Like yet. Keyword. Yet. yet. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's, that's crazy. That's and how I, far I, they fall. And, and, and it's like, you, you, as good as Carter Hart is, you can't demand, like he was making some of those ridiculous rebound saves uh, up until that point when they let up the goal. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can only let Carter hang out there to dry for so long before you're like, all right, let's bring him in. Yeah. Like, I, I, there's a part of me that's actually kind of happy. It ended with him in the net over Martin Jones. At this point, it doesn't matter, but there's a small part of me as a fan. That's like, it's, I kind of like that Carter Hart was in net when they ended yeah. the streak yeah. instead of Martin Jones, no disrespect right. again to Martin Jones. I, I want him to keep playing well so we can get a decent draft pick for him uh, from Edmonton. But you know, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things where as long as, Carter Hart is getting the benefit of the of, of the good stuff uh, of the ending of the streak and all that. And I imagine he'll be in net tomorrow. We'll find out early, probably by the time you're oh, listening to this podcast. Winnipeg, I have no question. No, yeah. no question at all. So I don't think that we see Martin Jones again until they play in Detroit. Yeah, which is the 12th or the uh, ninth. Yes. Yeah. The 12th. 12, yeah. Yeah. Because it's a I weird, mean, it's a weird schedule coming up here. They have they played tonight on Tuesday, and then they have a week or eight days off. Then they play Detroit in a home and home, but the home and home is separated by three or four days yeah. uh, between Wednesday and Saturday. So three days there. So it's a very weird schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's just, do they get, do they go on a two? Do they, do we get our first winning streak of 2022? I would be more curious about when the first win in regulation will happen in 2022. Mm, good, good it, point. It, I mean that, listen, they had it not is, won in regulation since December 14th. Yeah. So they haven't made, they're the only team this year. And that year. was when you were trying to convince me that they were going to go on a streak and it was all good. Cause that was probably listen, their seven game point streak after listen, the first 10 game loss. Listen, I'm telling you, they, they last time they won in regulation was that, and then they went on that, they went on that point streak. And I like, I really thought like, See? okay, they're going to write the ship here a little bit and they'd probably keep themselves. But then they got hit with the COVID stuff and it became a nightmare. And you they know, had a different but, coach then. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, that's, it's, it's just a mess, but I I would say this. I mean, Winnipeg. I mean, you're going against Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the league. I love Hellebuck. Yeah, Winnipeg is not playing well right now. They're they're still some points out. They're five points out of a wild card spot. So they're not playing where they need to be. Yeah. Uh, but Winnipeg still has some some guys who can play, like Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, guys like that who can who can play pretty well. Uh, so I. I mean, I look at this. I, I don't think it happens again. If they they if they play like they did against the Kings, they'll give themselves a shot. But you know, this team is just too prone to blowing leads late in game and and, and give it up that late goal. They have no just, confidence in themselves, and I, I and I can't figure they out. They get scared at the end of a game. Yeah, I can't figure out if when they give up that goal uh, to go down one, or they give up that goal to tie the game mm-hmm. at one, and they just go into this frenzy like we're like we're mites on ice. Right, that's really what it right. feels like. It, it yeah. feels like we're back watching mites on ice after they give up the goal and they they clutch their sticks hard uh, with a little bit more grip. They skate, they're on their heels a little bit more instead of on their toes, moving the puck and and just it, it it's just n- not a fun time. And it's why Mike Yo is not going to be the coach next season. It's why I'm. I, like I have no faith that I, I have I have no reason to have faith I should say that Chuck Fletcher can write this ship 
in, in the 2022 offseason to set this thing up. And they're not going to be good in 2022, 2023, but they should be competitive again, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, like I, I just... We don't know. We 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 don't know. It it really it, it comes down to two things. They what what moves they're going to make behind the scenes, yeah. and what moves are available to make to them on and you know on on the hockey opera, hockey side. And I think it comes down to this: how much can they pull for Claude Giroux? Now, yep. it, it, this this year's draft is going to be crappy. Next year's supposed to be a deep draft, compared to what you know what uh, what Central Saudi is saying. So, yep. I mean. That it really comes down to how how quickly can you fix this thing? I don't think we know. I mean, it takes two to tango in a flat cap world, and cap might go up a mil. That's about it. Yeah, a million. It's not going to give teams yep. a lot of flexibility. They're going to have to re up RFAs and all that stuff. And there's going to be some, but you know, where, where did what is where does this team need to go from here? Where are you going to do it? Where you're not going to bring in a free agent that's in an overinflated salary like you did to Kevin Hayes? And granted, he's been hurt. And I think yep. Kevin Hayes can be a decent second line center here. I've heard Carolina. I've heard like Claude Giroux to Carolina. Um, from reporters because they're very they're, they're so deep. there's a couple of, of prospects that they have that are NHL ready but they're just such a deep team that they they just don't really have a room for them so it's it's a it's a unique scenario because I'd I'd rather just have players like I I get the the draft picks but I mean if you can pry a, an NHL ready prospect that is just lingering in in someone's farm system Claude Giroux's got to be the guy to get you out out of that and just see what you can get for him. I'd love to get Nino Niederreiter. If you can yeah, pull wow. him. Yeah, there you go. Get a guy like Nino Niederreiter for Claude Giroux and first round draft pick. Because they're going to want this. They're going to want a package where you're getting a top pick. You need a roster ready player and need a prospect. That's going to be minimal masking price. Yeah. And I, who knows how far it's going to drive up. And the way Claude is playing, you should be asking for that. Like, there's no yeah, reason. That's probably shouldn't. not enough, if you ask me. It's probably yeah, I, not enough. I would agree. But I mean, that's the guy who gets you over the top. But you get a guy like, okay, if you're getting a first round pick. Which is gonna be low if you get from Carolina because they're gonna go on a run. Nito Nito Reiner and one of their top prospects. Yeah, you're already on the right track already. So you know, but do they need a smaller guy? Do they need to. I mean, he's six foot two. Maybe do they need more physicality on the wing and or up the middle? And who knows? I, I think that they have a lot to evaluate here and really figure out before they even trade Claude Giroux is really putting that wheel those wheels in motion for next season exactly where you're gonna go and how you're gonna get there. Yeah, and hopefully that means a higher, like you said, talking about the insulation between Fletcher and and Scott. I think that's where it starts. And now I know they named this new head or uh, assistant coach, which worked at the in Minnesota when, ironically, when Mike Yo was fired. So it's kind of a repeat of history, but it, at least it's something that you're trying to get re influxed into the organization. Right. Um, but we'll see. That, that's really what it comes down to. Exactly. Uh, that is. Go ahead. I said, uh, you're right. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that is going to do it. Episode 103 of Orange Backcheck. Thank you, as always, for listening. I mean, one day we'll talk about the product on the ice. I promise. I don't know when I will promise that will happen, <laughs> but I promise it will happen. Well, I promise you it won't be next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> technicality, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Flyers uh, play tomorrow, tonight against Winnipeg, and then they have a nice eight-game, uh, eight-day break before taking on Detroit. Uh, unless something breaks, we're going to take a little bit of a respite here. Uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll jump on Twitter Spaces, talk for 15 minutes with you guys. We'll see. But make sure you follow us at Obactric on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time i got nothing this week just like the flyers don't we all <laughs> uh.